Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, Winning Plays Podcast is back, and the Celtics have charged through the midway point of the season as the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And it's time to take a look back and reflect. How are things going? What comes next? Tom Westerholm of Boston.com is here. Good friend of the show. Tom, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Just dandy. It's been, uh, it's kind of, it's nuts to kind of see the, the way this season started to the point of like where this team is at now. So I'm, I'm going to kind of go broaden us here with where they're at in the Eastern Conference through, you know, 40 plus games here. And I want to go is to go with like three successes or surprises and like three biggest like disappointments or just like areas to improve potentially in the second, in second half. I mean, I don't even know if we can have, get to three disappointments there, but I figure that's, that's just a good broad way of looking at it here. So, I mean, from your standpoint, if you're looking at like the good here in the first half, like what, is there something that sticks out more? I mean, you, the, the, long, the list is obviously long here, but what's like, what's like number one in your list on that front? Well, I think to me, because this team's overall overarching, they only talk about this goal is the championship, right? I think, if you work backward from that, if to win a championship, what's the biggest thing you need? Well, you need a star, two stars, really. And that, I think, is the number one thing to me that's that's been great for the Celtics this season. They have two stars. Like, it's not it's not like one MVP candidate and another guy who's, like, pretty good. It's like, no, they've got, like, they do have an MVP candidate, but they've also got a guy who, you know, could start in the All-Star game who's, you know, probably at this stage in the season got something like an inside track on, like, All-NBA third team. Like, they've got two legitimate no questions asked stars and you know if you're if you're trying to build a championship team that that's where you start right you just you have to have those two guys one of those guys is like a top five guy in the nba i mean what a luxury for this team you know <laughs> joe mazula comes in and nobody's sure like how things are going to go uh, i was like oh well you know what they'll probably go okay because they have two no questions asked stars and like you know that doesn't always mean chemistry is going to happen but it, you know these two have been together for so long that like um it's just you know it's 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 been a uh, it's been really impressive to me to watch those two um, work together and improve and, and just kind of um, get to the level they're at now. Yeah, it's funny you start off there. Just the I think now after Wednesday night's win, they've there's seven games this year where they've both scored thirty plus points in the same game with Tatum and Brown, and that used to be that just used to be like a big deal when that yeah. happened, and now it's just like oh yeah, like they they did that again. And I'm sure there's been a bunch of games too. They both had like. 28 or 29 like 30 is an arbitrary number on that front but your point is like this is just like every the proof is in the pudding here for for both those guys now and i feel like jalen's consistency is just ramping that up even further yeah and it's all it's funny too because i feel like you know we always talk about how you know all the best duos in the nba these guys are the best duo in the nba and i almost feel like that takes away from what they each do individually right like because when you say like best duo in the nba it's like okay but you know best duo in the NBA, but they're not, no, like these guys are both that level of star to where, um, you know, 
like Tatum, you know, like on, on a, I think Tatum would be winning even with a lesser player than Jalen, but Jalen is not a lesser player. Like Jalen's a star too. So I, I think uh, there's, there, it, it, I can, I can always understand kind of the questions that people would have, like, are these guys working together? Because I think they're both just at that level where you could imagine them being good on their own too. Um, especially, I mean, especially Tatum, obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I just think that that's the, uh, like that that's the over that's that's the the engine driving this car that uh you know that's been picking up speed over the course of the season it's just how great those two are and the fact that they've been able to put it together over the last two seasons and uh and, and kind of build this contender they just you know they had that talk in new york last season after that tough loss like hey do you guys want to play together like yeah that's a good idea okay good and now we're gonna yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. it's right. as simple as that no. so- marcus smart screamed at them to pass more to each other and ever <laughs> since right, then it's just right. been uh <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, it's been perfect. Yeah, it's, it's done. <laughs> um, all right. So now I'm going to go with number two here for me on, on that front. You brought him up briefly there. I, I think Joe Mazzula has to be, as far as like the uncertainty going into the year, that that could have, that situation clearly could have gone either way. And for him um, to, to come in, to hit the ground running the way this team did in the first month of the year. And now I think to honestly, you know, the, the ship didn't take on water for a few weeks, but there were, there were some, you know, there were some stormy waters there for a little bit. And now he's pretty much kind of not that all their problems are solved right now, but at least been able to respond to that, get things back on track, start to reintegrate Rob Williams into the starting five at a, you know, probably the pace he wanted to do and be with. Um, so I think you look at just how he, not the pace, not the pace Tatum wanted. No, exactly. Wanted. <laughs> and that pace, exactly. That pace, but even then it's like, wow, like, you think Tom, you think they would get away with like not starting Rob for like eight or nine games? You're like, no chance. Yeah, and but the, right. they, he somehow did until the until the buck ended with Tatum there. But but <laughs> yeah, like Mizzou, like your your impressions just on his first half and like what like how how this has kind of gone for him. Well, I think to me, one of the most impressive things is like, you know, you start off the season so hot, and like there's and obviously there's like a lot of unsustainable shooting going on during that stretch, right? Where it's like, okay, I, I mean, like credit to Missoula. But also this, like, it feels like just about anybody could be winning when all your players are shooting this well. And again, credit to him, like, you know, the ball's zipping around, like everything's working. Like part of the reason everybody's shooting well is because they've got all these open shots, but there was a certain level of unsustainable shooting. There was kind of like, um, you know, I I feel like people kind of got a little bit of the hang of what the Celtics were doing and and then, you know, started to adjust to that. But I mean, one of the things that you have to do as a coach in the NBA is continue to adjust, continue to improve, continue to come up with new things. And, uh, you know, just that evolution. And I, I think, you know, we're, we're seeing kind of that evolution and, and some of that is getting Rob back and some of that is just kind of having a more complete team. But, um, you know, I, I do feel like we're seeing with him, um, that, you know, the Celtics, the Celtics can bounce back from things. Like they're not just like a, like a, they're not always just like a make or miss team. We're seeing them win games when they shoot, you know, 32% from three or, or when they, you know, when, uh, you know, when Jalen goes 0 for 8 from three-point range, Celtics still pull out a win. Like, that, th- those things are, you know, like, can, can still happen. Um, I think a lot of that, Missoula deserves, you know, as, as much credit as any coach, really. Like, he's he's been really good. He, he's kind of kept everybody together. And I think the other thing that I've seen him him really do is he seems to be instilling this um, this, this, this kind of uh, culture of, uh, of sort of, like, positivity. Like, almost this, like, like everybody – um, is they're, they're being very kind to themselves. I can't remember who said it earlier this season, but um, somebody said like, we have to be kind to ourselves and to each other because nobody on the outside is going to be nice to us. Um, this was like during one of the losing streaks. And I was like, 
that that's very interesting. And, and it, it feels like a shift from last year where, you know, the, the whole thing with Ime was like, okay, you get into the huddle, Ime yells at you for, for playing like crap. And then you go out there and you stop playing like crap. Like it, it feels different this year where they're all sort of like, it, it feels a little bit more like inwardly supportive um, in, in a way that, uh, um, that, I th- that I think probably has a lot of positives for a team that, that does take on criticism when they lose. I mean, he's not even yelling him in the huddle. He's not even going back to the huddle. It's like, hey, guys. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys work it up. He's not even bringing him into the huddle. Yeah, remember, exactly, right, right, but, we'll talk to you at halftime about this. But But it is. Like, keep, like, we joke about that, but I think it is a part of being like, okay, what is the, what is the timeout's purpose? Like, to, so I can, like, you know, rip into you. Like, that's not my style if, if you're Joe Mazzula. So right. it's like, okay, let's um let's try to maybe build some, you know, mental additional, like, fortitude, however you want to phrase it, to, like, because – these adverse situations have popped up in for years with this group. The response has not been great on the whole, like in big spots up until most of last season. Um, but they obviously built through it and made some close calls during that, you know, run to the NBA finals. Uh, but there's obviously room for improvement there. And so this from, from, from Joe's from seeing that from, you know, the bench for the last couple of years, you wonder how big, how that's part of like the, the big picture for him. Well, and it's so interesting. It's, 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 it's like it's almost like a it's almost like a parenting technique but like you know like, like you talk about building the mental fortitude and just kind of letting them work it out themselves you know and i mean that's that's what ime was doing in a different way right? right like he was building the mental fortitude by just calling them out saying like here are the things you are doing wrong stop doing those things and it's like that's one way to do it but Missoula's way of doing it also builds mental fortitude even though it is more like you know, kind of, it feel it feels like it's. I mean, we can't know for sure, but it feels like it's more like positivity focused. It feels like it's more like, um, you know, kind of, kind of like you know, lifting each other up a little bit. But at the same time, yeah, like it, you know, it figure it out, guys. Like you guys figure it out. You guys sort it out. Um, you know, I think I think that's uh, that's that's pretty interesting. So, um, yeah, I think Missoula deserves a lot of credit for that too. All right, let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor, HelloFresh. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? You can cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll learn how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. And eating well is also on the top of mind this month as we start 2023. And it's comforting to know that you'll get always get top quality with HelloFresh. Ingredients travel from the farm to you in less than seven days so you know they're fresh. And personally, I love HelloFresh as a product because preparing food in a working household here with kids, it's its a lot of work. It, getting it delivered to your doorstep saves a lot of time for us than having to go to the grocery store. You have the fresh ingredients there with the instructions so you can cook fast and easy with HelloFresh, which we do all the time here. So make sure you can go to HelloFresh.com slash winning21 and use the code winning twenty one. For 21 free meals plus free shipping. Let me tell you that again. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash winning21 and use the code winning21, all one word on there, for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Make sure you check them out at HelloFresh.com slash winning21. And now back to the show. All right. So we got the Jays. We got Joe. I'll, I'll, I'll narrow down here. Like out of the supporting cast. Who are you most like pleasantly surprised with or who's had the most, you know, the biggest leap, however you want to phrase it um, during this first half of the season? Well, I'll be, I'll cheat and I'll do two. I think the, uh, the, <laughs> the two, the two biggest I think are, are Horford, right? 
I, yeah. I think when when you watch the impact that he has on this team and just the, the way that he has evolved his game, it's it's almost mind blowing, right? Like he he's like the fact that he he barely takes twos anymore from a guy who, you know, for the first, what was it like seven or eight years of his career? He, you know, he had like, it took like 15 threes total. Like, you know, this dude never took threes as he's evolved throughout his career. He's, he's become this like, you know, knockdown three point shooter. And um, you know, th- that offers so much value for this team to just, to just be able to do that five out, you know, at, at times to, to be able to run these pick and pops with him. And um, you know, and that, especially as Rob starts to come back, I just think that having that, being able to play that double big lineup and still have just, you know, endless floor spacing with vertical spacing with Rob, so valuable. Um, and I think the other one is, is Grant, you know, just this guy, well, I mean, when he came into the league, he, he wasn't really anything yet. He was just this, like, you know, this big ball of Play-Doh and the, and like he and the Celtics have just worked together to mold him into this, this bizarre, um, post up, but also drive off kickouts, but also like hits threes and, can switch on to anything, but also, Oh, by the way, he's like passing out of the short roll and he's, you know, he's like, you know, he'll move the ball around the perimeter. Like he's, he's such a perfect role player, man. And I I think, you know, going forward, I, I think for one thing, I think the Celtics are going to have to pay him like this summer. I, you can't let, I don't think you can let a player like that go. No. I think he's, he's a future starter on this team. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to watch. Like, I, I just think he's um, he, he's going to be, the type of player that every team is just like, I mean, I, I honestly think he's going to be the type of player that gets players who look like him drafted, even though they're not him. You know, I like, I feel like we're going to see some like stocky six foot five guys who are actually six foot four getting drafted because of Grant Williams down the line. Yeah. There's, there's no more arguments about the Matisse Thibel like pick. No, um, not, not just, at all. <laughs> for those, those have faded. But yeah, I, you always are like, I think honestly for the, the dribble, his dribble drive game that he's kind of like showed off in the first half this year. That's just such a huge game changer for the, and it's I think a big part of the equation of why this offense is, you know, close to historic pace now, because it's one thing when you, he can hit the wide open threes when, cause no one's around him and teams are daring him to do it. But now it's like, okay, we you're just going to have to close out on him, but he will make you pay if you close out too hard now. So there's, you know, pick your poison on, on this, offense right now and he's he's one guy that's you know really just not even a weak spot anymore well and and oh by the way if you do close out perfectly um if you're at all weaker than him and he can bench press like a fire truck he'll just turn or he, like he can just turn oh, yeah. around and post you up because that's what he did in college like that that was like like a big part of his game was just post-ups like so yeah i, I mean that's not just a really good player man I, it's 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 um it's it's been fascinating to watch his evolution over the last few years he's he's turned himself into and just a really stellar NBA role player. All right, let's flip the coin here. It, there's not a lot to nitpick with this group, so we can even honestly just look at it from a, a gauge of whether it's adding to the team on the trade or the buyout market or just, you know, internal routes of improvement in the second half of the season. But whether it's a player or whether it's how the team's performing at certain spots, like where, where, do you, where do you start in that point? Is there any, do you have any real area of concern right now with this team for that's got off to this kind of start. Well, as people like to remind me on Twitter, I, on, on uh Corrales's pod, I, I, I mentioned that I think, I think Sam Hauser, I was, I was at the start of the season, I was saying like Sam Hauser should have been like a late lottery pick. Like I was, I got, I got played him in the high. finals last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like that's why they lost. <laughs> Not like I, I was getting real high off my own 
tall shooting white boy supply with uh with sam hauser and man i need that guy to start making some threes so i don't look so dumb like what <laughs> what is going on here um i i think you know getting getting him back on track i mean that like look I, like hauser i he is what he is right he, he's, he's you know he's, he's a spot-up shooter and i mean but to get him if the Celtics can kind of get him back into a rhythm get him back to shooting like he added such an like just such a like a dangerous element to that offense when you know you bring Hauser in 12 minutes off the bench he takes three you know it takes four threes and he makes three of them all of a sudden like over that 12 minutes you just have like nine points you know in like six possessions that's you know that that, that was so valuable so um yeah I think I, for me one of the big ones is just like this this team is, is very complete as it is like you said it, it's almost it does feel like nitpicking because you know I don't think I don't think most people kind of like looked at Sam Hauser and thought, oh, there's a huge offseason addition. But I do think that getting him back on track and getting him back to obviously not back to where he's shooting like 55 percent from three. But just can we get this guy back up to 40 percent consistently? Because if so, I think that's that that really makes a big difference in the Celtics bench. Yeah, and I that's that's clearly where when this team kind of went off the rails for a few weeks there, like that was a big part of the equation where it wasn't just him, but but like he was you probably like your second option off that bench next to Brockton yep. for stretches. And when yep. that, you know, he, he was due to fall back to earth. He's still incredibly at 40% for the season right now, despite probably shooting under 30% the last two months here. Yeah. But if he can, if he can just get back, you need to even get to 40%. If you get to like get above 35, just get it to something where you're, you know, you're two out of five on those nights or like, you know, three out of 10, four out of 10 for the week, just something where you have to make, these teams continue to respect you. I agree hundred percent. I think that's like, if anything, you know, if that, if they can get back to that, then decisions around the trade deadline just become a lot easier. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do think, I, I think he's got to, uh, I, I do think he's got to come personally. I think he's got to come a little closer to 40% just because I think we're starting to see there was a stretch where I think teams were a little too excited to attack him. And so they, yeah. they tried too hard, but now I think we're starting to see teams like get more of like a, okay, Let's calm down. Let's attack him the way we want to attack him. And that is working. So I do think for him to have value, like he does need to, he needs to be pretty efficient from three. Like he's not, he's not holding up the way he was before as guys, as guys get used. CJ McCollum is not having any problems (laughs) with with, with Sam Hauser. So um, let's uh, I think for him, it is pretty important for him to boost that number up. But once he does, I do think that the value remains, right? Like he makes that offense so much better. So. Yeah, he's been a first half player, Blade, and that I think speaks to your point right. of being like, this is, you know, and when you when you roll out over the playoffs, that means you're probably going to be like a out of the rotation player. So he that needs to be sure. buttoned up there. I think my my main I think this is a gripe. I'm still you look at the minutes right now for some of these guys, <laughs> and that's something now that you have, you know, Rob back and you're looks like you're going to be pushing back towards the starting five, like the old school starting five with Robin now together based on what they did this week. Like Al Horford can't be playing over 30 minutes game anymore. Like that just needs to. And I honestly don't even think Tom, like I don't even think it helps you as a team for him to be playing that much, because I think we've seen, you know, a stretches from him here where he's just, you know, he's starting to fall back to earth. And that's like, makes sense because, you know, he's playing more than he has pretty much in a season going back to 2017 right now. And that's just, not great for guys at 36. So you can, I think across the board, you want to bring the starters down a little bit, but I think, you know, him has to be priority number one to just like get him more than back to backs, like get him down to like the mid to, you know, 27, 28 a game. 
Yeah, because I mean, the other thing that we see is when he does take a night off or when he takes like a couple nights off and he comes back, like he's a world beater, right? Like all of a sudden he's just like, you know, like he's he's awesome when when he takes a couple nights off. So no, I, I agree with that completely. And look, I mean, with the minutes, like that was a major problem throughout the playoffs. Like as the playoffs went on last year, the guys got tired. Like and and, and some of that was just these brutal playoff series. But like honestly, you look around the Eastern Conference, there's some tough teams. If the Celtics are going to get back to the finals, they're going to have some like six game, seven game series. Like these, this is not going to be some kind of romp through the Eastern Conference. Like if if they if they make it back there, so you are. Yeah, I think thinking now, I mean, we're almost, you know, we're, we're midway through January. It is, it, it's time to start looking ahead a little bit and start thinking like, okay, like how, how do we, how do we trim down these minutes? How do we get guys more time off? I don't, Jason Tatum has been like a robot who just like, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, like my desk is made of wood. I'm knocking on wood here, but like, you know, he's been this robot who never misses games. You got to make him do it sometimes. Like, you, like you don't want to, don't wear this guy down. Like he's too good. Like get, for his own good, get him some days off here. Uh, because like, if you just leave him, if you leave him up to his own devices, he's going to play, you know, 83 out of 82 games. So, you know, <laughs> I Unless it's a birthday party know. for his kid. And then, and then which, get, right. Which is let's good. Get him get some more. more right. Do a party a month for so, whatever you want to do. Right. Have more kids so that you have more birthday parties so that you sit out more games. I'll have to get tricky because yeah, he doesn't sounds like he, he's not going to sit on his own. So you're going to have to diversions, whatever you can come up with, uh, both for him, Jalen right. Brown as well. Like, you know, those guys have, as of us recording t- on today, have both played 40 games this year, which is tops on the team. I mean, this is, it's been a pretty outside of Rob Williams and Gowan, like they had all their bad health w- luck early and they've had a pretty nice health, like, streak right now and so that's i don't know if that's a concern going into the second half here but i think that's something you just have to be proactive about and you know dust off luke cornett more dust off blake right. more give Peyton pritchard 15 minutes like not every night but like at least once a week even if everyone's healthy because like why not well do it do it every night until the trade deadline like all oh, right, right. That a too. Little bit. Sure. you know like let's it's not gonna hurt anything so yeah like no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on board with all of that. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think limiting minutes is, is very important. It's funny you mentioned, like, you know, how all the injury stuff, you know, kind of happened at the beginning of the season. Like, during the summer, everybody was kind of talking about how, like, the Celtics had this perfect summer, and then everything fell apart in training camp, but then it all kind of just, like, stitched itself back together and was fine again. So, it's it, yeah, I mean, real roller coaster season, it feels like. I, I still can't believe we're already halfway in. It feels like it's, all this had like it all just piled up, and then it's like, oh wow, yep, they're they're right there. Trade deadlines like I'm less than a month away, and nothing's yeah. been happening around the NBA. And I, I feel like I know whether that's a byproduct of just like all these teams be kind of being in it this year, uh, more so than usual, uh, or just the fact that there's you know a, a few shoes to drop around the league, and the Celtics certainly are not like high in that list. They, you don't expect them to do much coming up here, but like they'll they have some options here. Well, I think too, the other thing that, that happened was like, there was, a, there was a real dichotomy between the, the haves and the want Victor Wembanyama's. Like there, there was like, there was, there was a very easy split this season. You knew like at the start of the year, what everybody wanted. Um, and, but yeah, man, I mean, like when I think it was Abby asked Joe Missoula the other day, like she was like, Oh, we're 41 games in. I was like, we're what? Are you serious? <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah, here we are. So. Yeah, and some sure. of those tanking teams have not even, you know, followed the plan yet. You know, you have like right. 
which which there's still time to do at this point. But Utah's just good for some. Yeah, Utah, reason. right? The Lakers are closer to yeah, right, yeah, lottery than the Jazz at this point. So it's yeah. it, it's it's a crazy road out there. But all right, well, that'll do it for our check in here. Make sure you're following the great Tom Westerholm on Twitter at Tom underscore NBA. Check out all his great stuff on Boston.com too, and you can check him out on the Locked On Suggs Pod with, with good old corrals at least once a week he's hitting that up there so make sure you check him out there too and uh tom a pleasure as always appreciate you man catch you soon let's take a break here to hear from our sponsor linkedin talent solutions as a small business owner or hiring manager you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs with linkedin jobs you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills values and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I know personally, I've been on LinkedIn for years. It's helped me network throughout my career as a journalist, open up possibilities to jobs being open, interviews, get recommendations. So it's been a great place for me to expand my job performance and it can help you out there if you join in LinkedIn jobs as well by helping you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and use their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants all on one platform. And as you're looking to achieve goals in 2023, finding the right member will probably help you do just that if you find them on LinkedIn Jobs. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash winning. That's linkedin.com slash winning to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to the show. All right, we're joined now by a very special guest on the podcast, making his return. Uh, but, but for the first time when he's with Yahoo Sports, Jake Fisher joins the show. Great to have you back, Jake. How are you doing, man? Thank you, B-Rob. Always good talking to you. How are you doing? How's, how's everything back up in the, the old the old bean town? It's good, man. It's been a it's been a roller coaster ride, at least uh, on the ground here uh, over the first half of the season. But um, I wanted to bring you in to this show for uh, I thought you had a really interesting piece today too on on the Pacers, and there's a lot of you know former Celtics kind of involved there and how kind of ties into the the trade deadline here. But I also wanted to get your perspective, you know, since you're taking the pulse nationally a lot um, of teams around the league of terms of where you kind of see the Celtics right now in the landscape of the East. The, the the full the fallout of the the of Joe Mazzulla taking over here and how he's kind of been viewed around the league. So what um you know what what have you seen yourself and what have you kind of heard around the league in terms of what the people see out of this team so far? Yeah, I think generally it's been an impressive showing that the Celtics have aside from a couple little dips in the standings, they've pretty much led the Eastern Conference wire to wire so far after you know, all the quote-unquote controversy and what have you in the coaching ranks prior to the season. Um, and then obviously the Nets' approach of Ime Doka doesn't, you know, happen without impacting Celtics people's psyche as well, right? So to overcome that um, and to have pretty much, you know, this this wire-to-wire start that we talked about with Robert Williams missing a lot of time has been impressive. And I think Jason Tatum's continued emergence. Jalen Brown seems to have really improved as a ball handler 
um, and his ability to create on his own. Um, they're as good of a bet as any to win the title, right? That's just kind of, I think, where things stand. And is that a good summation to your question? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the, you point out, like, I think the Jalen part of it is a really good point from the standpoint of his ball handling because that, I feel like that was front and center during last year's postseason run of just yeah. the, the pressure the Warriors and other teams are putting on him and, you know, just kind of exposing what he was limited there. But you see, just the the type of efficiency he's putting up this year and you know maybe kind of knowing when to attack more and when to kind of lay back um but it is a situation now with him it's it's funny because he i don't think i mean i think he's clearly gonna be an all-star looks like but it's i don't know if he's close to getting into the all-nba equation yet but that's like a that's a very interesting subplot for this offseason if he is because if he does get there he could be eligible for that supermax and um that's really the only way that he would, you could, you know, envision him signing extensions this summer, if, you know, because otherwise the Celtics really can't offer enough to make it worth his while, it seems like. Yeah, which I will call it right now. I'm not saying that they will be legitimate, but if he's not super max eligible and he's not going to sign an extension, that's just going to open the door for chatter about. Yeah ever going to want to sign one. So I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not trying to say that will happen. <laughs> This is just how this narrative machine beats these days. It is. And I mean, I feel like the Celtics more than any team has been. How many times in the last five years have they been, you know, they couldn't sign Kyrie to the extension initially because they couldn't offer like all these, these NBA rules that land a limit in terms of what you mm-hmm. can offer these guys. Not that Kyrie would have stayed in the first place back then, but that could have been, you know, when yeah. things were going well back before the 2018, 19 season, you wonder back mm-hmm. then if he, you know, would have could have signed then and, you know, similar situations with a lot of these guys coming up, not just in Boston, but across the league. But you wonder with the new CBA and it's like coming up too, you wonder if stuff like that will be addressed where to, to eliminate this, the drama that surrounds these guys when they're understandably just not going to sign an extension going into a, a contract here. Yeah, there's been a lot of complaints I've heard from people about restricted free agency too. And that's something I'm going to definitely look to write about after we get past the trade deadline. It just, there, there are far too many limitate. Like the, there are a lot of rules in place that seem to hurt teams trying to retain their guys, which just doesn't make any sense. Like, sure, you want to make it challenging. Like, I think that's the difference in like playing settlers of Catan versus like Monopoly, right? Like, there's a little bit more of a of a stratagem in place, but like, it's some and and rules bring out creativity and competition, all that type of stuff. But, like, if the goal is to help teams be able to keep guys that they drafted and reward them for the hard work and the development that they've done with their own coaches, like, you got to try to figure out more mechanisms to get teams to be able to retain their homegrown talent. Talk about our sponsor, Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season throughout the NFL and bowl season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online which also features live betting, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with that first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game it is. It's I feel like that is a front and center issue that will be coming up here. I mean, from, from what you're... Are, are you expecting these to be smooth negotiations when they you know inevitably come up here in the next year and i know they're they're out there there's ongoing ongoing talks right now but do you think 
that this will, you know, won't lead to any kind of, you know, uncertainty when, when things get maybe closer down to the wire. Between Jalen and Boston? Yeah, even Jalen Boston. And then also just a big picture, like with the with the NBA, like the CBA, like in terms of these, like what you talked about, like issues like restricted free agency, things like gotcha. that coming up where they could have, whether it's ownership side or the player side, just wanting, you know, necessary changes there to make life easier for themselves. Yeah, I mean, the CBA stuff, like, I I don't know what to, I mean, I, I've heard a ton of ideas about what's been thrown around, right? But like the hard cap, for example, that the league and owners are pushing, like that's not getting, that's not getting uh, any acceptance, if you will, from the player side and, and, and the union. Like that's just kind of a non-starter. Every, every team person I talk to just immediately pushes that aside. Like, haha, no, the hard cap is not a thing. Um, so other ideas that get thrown out, like to be honest, I don't know what is really like going to be the eyes that get dotted and the T's that get crossed right now. There's too much that's been, I mean, the league and the union definitely want to get this thing done um, before all-star the league particularly wants to get it done before all-star ahead of um, television media rights contract conversations that they have to have in their own right. Um, but, uh, yeah, to like bring you nitty gritty things that are being negotiated and discussed, I can't really do that with like full confidence. Cause there's just so many ideas that get thrown at the wall. Like, I mean, there's one GM I talked to who was saying, oh, like they're definitely discussing the idea of having a percentage of tax, you know, decline or, or, or not count anymore. If you're guys you drafted and like. A lot of times one team will just throw out an idea and they'll make it seem like it's really happening, but it's not. You know what I mean? So um, there's tons of ideas like that that get thrown on the board that are all it's also a negotiation, right? Everything that one side gets, the other side has to give. So like there's always little points of contention. Um, You know, the draft age limit is a thing that gets talked about a lot especially um, with NIL kind of throwing a whole monkey wrench in things. But I can't really, like, pin down specific little tiny minutia at the end. But with, with Jalen and Boston, I mean, I haven't heard anything about those talks aside from, like, anytime I've ever asked people about Jalen and Boston, it's that Jalen loves to Boston. He loves being a Celtic. He wants to be a Celtic. So I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, and when you couldn't ask for a better start, like, I feel like, if the winning continues, that's going to be a, like a probably an easy story for both sides. So the only way that yeah. probably gets interesting if is if things have a rocky finish in the the postseason this year. But um, but yeah, let's let's zoom out a little bit to like the league now. We're kind of we're within a month to the trade deadline here. You had a really mm-hmm. interesting piece today on Yahoo, not just about the Pacers and you know their interesting options on hand, but also the Utah Jazz with you know Danny Ainge being out there now. Another really interesting team. Two teams that have clearly overachieved based on expectations this year and have really kind of created a somewhat quiet trade market to this point where we've, we've had a lot of shoes to potentially drop, whether it's, you know, Jay Crowder or, you know, a bunch of teams that you thought would maybe start selling by now, but there seems to be a bunch of situations in limbo. So what, what's your, what's your read? Do you think this is going to kind of continue, you know, a lot of teams just waiting and seeing right now to see like, all right, let's see what the next month looks like and see if we can get back into it or see if we fall out of it and then start making decisions. Or you think things will start picking up sooner rather than later? Everyone keeps telling me that nothing's happened until February. So I'm taking them at their word for it. 
and on Tuesday, I'm going on vacation actually for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like making all these calls this week, like trying to get ahead of the ball. And you know, Monday, Tuesday, I heard a b- bunch of stuff. Like the pages were my north star to write that story. I was looking at everything through the Indiana lens, and then I've got some D'Angelo Russell stuff left over from um when I was with the Wolves down at OKC a couple weeks back, and like there isn't much new. Like there just isn't much new out there, and I think um it's it's clearly attributed to the fact that the playing tournament is giving all these teams hope that they can either make it you know into the playing tournament and just get into the postseason or you know i think the celtics to bring this back to uh the the subject matter at hand like the celtics were the 11th seed you know late in january right and stormed all the way to the finals and so many teams think they're just a six game win streak here a five game win streak there from getting back to their preseason expectations. Like Toronto Raptors are a team. I'm, I've made a lot of calls about this week and they've got, I, th- I think John Schumann at NBA.com wrote this yesterday. They've got the easiest remaining schedule in the league. They have a homestand right now, back to back with Charlotte and they have, um, you know, a struggling Atlanta Hawks team coming in. Like if the Raptors all of a sudden rally off seven out of eight and, you know, 10 out of 13, all of a sudden, you know, do they climb their way back up to the sixth seed? And are they making a big move to be buyers just like the Pacers are thinking about right now themselves? Like that's certainly in the cards for a lot of teams. So I think, you know, while the trade deadline is close, there's still 10, 15 games for certain teams between now and February 9th. And that's a large sample size as much as I think the beginning of, of the, of the, teams holding their cards close in December was, oh, we're still evaluating what we are. We're still evaluating what we are. I think now everyone's still evaluating what they are in terms of like the the greater context of everyone else, where they are in the standings, what's available to actually go um, make a move. I do think we'll see activity because I, I think like people are holding their pearls so like they're clutching them so aggressively that when one shoe drops, I think there'll be some reactions, but I don't think we're going to see like massive fireworks here. I think it's going to be, I think a situation where there's a lot of shuffling more so than like big swings where maybe we'll see some Chris Dobbs for for Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans type stuff. Um, Or, you know, just player X for player Y that makes sense, you know, because, position for position type things because there isn't a lot of teams um there aren't a lot of teams excuse my programmer that are trying to just like bottom out um or um teams that like have clear obvious goals that they're trying to accomplish there's a lot there's i mean very few positional openings that are pretty like direct and just clear marriages to be had so we'll see what happens yeah it's it's going to be fa- fascinating on that front from a, like to your point in terms of where, how close teams are, I think only like four teams in a league total are like more than a couple games out of that play-in tournament right now. So it's like even the, the OKCs or like even the, like the Orlando Magics of the world can say like, Hey, we don't need to necessarily like fire sale this yet. And we, we want to start building some progress anyway, I'm sure as a franchise for, for teams like that, that have been kind of, you know, yeah. working to build stuff for years. I mean, the magic, I don't think are going to are like deciding whether or not to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like 
The Wizards don't have a first-round pick in this upcoming draft if they don't make the playoffs. That's top 14 protected. I forget who it's owed to um, off the top of my head, but like they don't have their own pick if they don't make the playoffs. The Raptors like clearly want to make the playoffs. The Bulls have all this you know, draft capital invested in getting DeMar and Nick Vucevic and Zach Levine. They just awarded a massive – a, a massive, I said maximum, I confused massive and maximum contract. He's got a massive maximum contract he just signed that, you know, they didn't award him thinking that they'd be chasing lottery balls. And even their situation's uh, peculiar because their pick's top four protected. So they would really, I mean, if they decide to blow it up and they don't make it into the lottery drawings because now under the new rules, you draw for the, the first four uh, positions. Like if they end up with the fifth pick, like the Bulls blew it up for nothing, right? So, um, I mean, maybe they, maybe in theory, they would have gotten back a young player and replenished their their cupboard of picks if they got stuff back for Demar or whoever. Again, we're just speaking hypothetically. Um, but I think there's just there's only like the Charlotte Hornets, the Detroit Pistons, the Rockets, and the Spurs right now are like obvious sellers, really, and the Pistons are holding a high asking price for their guys because like the thunder don't even have like Mike Pascal is not a player. No, no offense to Mike Pascal. That teams are like racing to go pry from the thunder. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it really is a seller's market right now. And that's why you see teams like the Rockets thinking that they can ultimately get a first round pick for Eric Gordon. So let's bring it back to the East and the Celtics a little bit now in terms of that, you know, overview of the tra- trade landscape here. The Celtics don't, I mean, they have these, they have a couple of trade exceptions. They have some future picks. They have stuff to move, but given the state of their roster and their tax situation, there's not a lot of clear holes that they need to fill. So it's, I'd say, you know, with, if it's a seller's market, you'd, it'd probably almost be a little bit of a surprise for them to, to make, yeah. like, barring, barring an injury or something like that, that needs to, you know, be addressed and pop up. For sure. The only real Celtics data point that I had learned over the weeks was this Noah Vonley trade that was apparently, you know, coming. And I didn't realize from the person who had tipped me about it that it was uh, it was in relation to his guarantee date. Like I was like, oh, I'll save that note. Like (laughs) right now, again, no offense, Noah Vonley. That'll be an interesting little thing to throw into some notebook here and there. And then the deal uh, happened. Um Rookie Jang. So, I mean, outside of that, you're right. Like, there there aren't obvious places to upgrade here. I mean, pe- people look at Peyton Pritchard and consider him someone that Boston could, in theory, look to dangle to try to make an upgrade. But he still has a lot of fans in that uh, coaching staff and that front office. It's not like he's just someone that they have lost faith in. He's just he's just you know too low in the rotation. That they, they they acquired players. Um, who Malcolm Brogdon is just more of an effective player at this stage of their NBA life cycles, and that's just what it is. But if something were to happen, injuries arise, right? Peyton Pritchard would be a piece that I'm certain Celtics people are very happy to have waiting in the wings in like that worst-case scenario. So I think fans sometimes jump to conclusions about, like, oh, this guy's out of the rotation. Oh, Grant Williams doesn't come to the extension. Like, he's a trade, you know – candidate that's not necessarily the case here right yeah it's and so to wrap up here i guess do you see any like out of contenders and i guess either conference right now like who do you see as potentially being a team that is aggressive that has like 
more holes to fill or like or at least we'll be looking to you know add obviously i don't think we're going to see any super sexy names on the move like you talked about but like add maybe a a more proven bench guy or something like that to to kind of you know even you know increase their their odds well the nets and bucks i think certainly look for upgrades especially as kevin durant misses some time here um and chris milton remains uh hampered with yeah what are you hearing on him by the way that's like is this are they just going to rest him as long as they can get him right yeah it's been unfortunate there's been setbacks that i don't want to rush him but like clearly there seems to be some math and frustrations with Giannis and and the fact that um i mean him and drew are just out there together every night playing both sides i mean they're looking at moving grace and allen that's for sure um i mean the nets they've got a pick from the sixers that they have available to trade and uh, nick claxon has been pretty sufficient but people are looking to see what they'll look to do um to maybe add some reinforcements in the front court um i mean philly's going to be active for sure cleveland's looking for small forward improvements um, and I think that kind of rounds out, I guess, I mean, to me, that, 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 that top five in, in the East is, is really where the conference will be decided. You can look at New York, Miami, um, all those teams are good teams and they have good players and they can beat you on any given night. But I think right now, the majority of people I speak to in the league looks at the East as kind of like a five-team race and definitely also a race to try to get out of that four or five matchup because that's going to be a bloodbath. Whichever two teams end up squaring off, which you know, right now Boston is pretty – they had a four-game advantage on, on Philly and Cleveland, so um, that's a good cushion to have. But anything can happen in this league. We saw the Celtics go through a pretty – weird stretch uh you know around around the new year so or late december whatever exactly that was um so you're going to want as much of a cushion as you can and that, that, that four or five matchup is is certainly one that no one wants to be in um no just knowing that that the second round is going to be a, a bloodbath too yeah it's it's gonna be a gauntlet for whoever gets stuck there and like you can see with the way joe mazula is playing like tatum and brown some of these guys like they clearly they know that they don't want to get stuck in that and give themselves want to give themselves a little bit of breathing room as we yeah. uh, go to the second half of the season here. But all right, well, that'll do it for us here. Uh, I want to thank again Jake for joining the show. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Jake L Fisher. Make sure you check out all his stuff on Yahoo, and you have your own pod as well, Jake. A couple times a week on on Get Calling, right? I do, and my book's still out there. Still, yeah, that's right. Show. A lot of Please. good Celtics nuggets in that. A lot of good stuff. So, you always see it at the local bookstore here in, in Boston. And I <laughs> get some royalties every cent at a time. So make it happen. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Always good to see you. And uh, shout out to everybody at the TD Garden who I appreciate all the many years of my college days and beyond hanging out in the bowels of the house that Red Arback built. We miss you up here, bud. Yeah, man. See you. All man. right. Take care.